Sovereign Grace Media. Brought to you by Sovereign Grace Community Church of Paris, California. Visit us at www.sovereigngracecc.org. Good morning, church. Yeah, I was uh, <clears throat> I was uh, talking with Vicky this morning, and I don't know how it came up, but she said um, we started this church at the same time Sandals did, and uh, we're thinking, wow, and look at how big Sandals is, and look at where we are. So we could feel bad about that, right? But as we look through these churches, God has different types of churches. And not that we're going to say that applies to this, but today especially, we're covering the church of Sardis. And um, they thought they had the right church. They thought they had the right church. And I, I think today, if you go to any church, they think it's the right church, Right? Some are smaller, some are bigger. Some are for ethnic groups, like you have a black church, you have a Mexican church. Uh, then you have churches like ours that are all diverse. So any church you go to, people are there because they think it's the right church, right? They think they're worshiping God. But what we're going to find out from here is that Whatever we think doesn't really matter. What matters is who is in the church. Jesus Christ. Right? If we're not, if we're not in, in touch, if we're not having a relationship with Jesus Christ, then it, do, it doesn't matter how much people like it. If they're not in tune with who Christ is. We're wasting our time. Uh, and in fact, the, the church in Sardis is the church of the living dead. It's a zombie church. But they think they were alive. They think that they, they, they thought that they were alive. So what I'm hoping today is to cover a few passages. Uh, the passage here, a few verses in chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, it, I'm going to be working out of chapter 3. In Revelations, covering the Church of Sardis, and um, I'm trying to I'm trying to speak to the kids as well. So you have some sheets, kids, right? Now the sheets that you have, children, can you guys hear me? Okay. So those that you have, there's some for today, but also for homework for the rest of the chapter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing I want you to keep an eye on, kids, is I, I'm a little corny too, so I try to do an acrostic. So if my PowerPoint doesn't flow, it's because I was trying to do that. But every time you see a letter at the end, when I go through all my PowerPoints, it's going to spell the church, church's name. Okay, so uh, let's go to the first slide. So wake up sinners. So that's the first letter. What's the first letter there of the name of the church? What what uh, word there is the same word uh, uses the same letter as the church? 
Sinner, she got it right. Okay, so you guys get, get how it's going to go? Okay, okay, so let me, uh, let me turn to Revelations chapter 3. I asked you guys to turn there, but I didn't turn there. So would you stand with me as I read this? I'll read it and then I'll, I'll come back and work through it. So to the church in Sardis, to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up! Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will know that at what time, and you will and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. So, uh, Sardis was a, was a city that had been conquered so many times. And it was also um, like one of our cities that was once a great city and is now falling apart. I, I hate to pick on any city like that, but the one that comes to my mind is Detroit. You know? It was, it was a booming city at some time, right? But it, it just started falling apart. And Sardis was like that. So what had happened in there, in that city, was that people just, they just didn't care anymore. And somehow this crept in, I believe. It doesn't say in the text, but he's saying, you started out well, but something happened. You have not really finished what I began in you. As I, as I read this passage. So, um, the other passages, there's some other things, but this one is that. It's, you haven't finished. You have, you, you're undone. You're, you're like half dressed going out the, going out and, and, um, you really have not prepared yourself to walk this walk. This walk. And so he says, wake up. Um, and let me just cover a few things before I, I go to the wake up part. Uh, he says to the angel of the church in Sardis, the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. So I don't want to get into that too much, but that explanation is back. Pastor Gabe covered that. And it, he's talking there both about the pastors who were over these churches and then the church themselves being that star that gives light. So if they're not able to do that, they're not doing the work of God. So in this way, this church was not doing the work of God. But what I do want to bring up here is who is holding the seven uh, 
stars and who is holding the lampstand, really, that goes out with the seven spirits and the seven stars. Who is holding that? Kids, who's holding that? You guys know? Jesus is holding those. So the whole point of that is if, if, if we're not being held by Jesus, then we've lost, we've lost both as pastors and we've lost both as a church who is able to speak into this world. And that's what has happened today, right? I mean, as you look at the church, all sorts of things are going on in, the, in this world. And, and are they saying, hey, church, what should we do about this? Is that, is that where the world is going? Are they looking to us to say, help us solve our problems? No. So in, in some ways, we're kind of in the same boat, if you will. Maybe not this church, right? Because we, we're really seeking the Lord and people are out there in the community. But in some ways, the church of this age, if you will, we've lost that. We've lost that power that comes from Jesus Christ. We've lost that authority that we're able to speak and people listen. And that's because we have forgotten how to, how to stay tuned with who Jesus is. And he says, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. So, in terms of being unfinished, it doesn't tell you what the sin is. Boy, I forgot to do this. It doesn't tell you what the sin is, but what it does, it does say is that things are not, not quite there, right? So if things are not quite there, and it doesn't mention the sin, so what do you think the sin would be? It's, um, and as I was kind of going through this passage, the only thing that came to my mind is, how many of you, uh, maybe I, should, I shouldn't do this to husbands, but how many of you wives have, have been having a conversation with your husbands and then found out you were just having a conversation by yourself? Right? I mean, that does happen. You're just not present, right? <laughs> and I think that's what happens. That we're, we get so involved in doing church, but we're not listening to God. We're not, we're, we're looking for, we're looking for information, and maybe we're, we're looking to serve God. We're just getting it all wrong. And, and, and why we're getting it all wrong is because we don't spend time to really hear God, to really discern what is He saying to me? And, and then, and then when we do hear, kind of walking that way. Right? Right? I mean, it's one thing to say, I want to hear from God, and then you hear from God, and then be bold enough to take that step. And he's saying, wake up, sinners. And basically, um, all we can say is that there, there are people in the church. There are people in the church, in this church, in Sardis. As, as, as in any other church, that um, we're just not quite there in having a relationship with Jesus Christ. But we get to see other folks who are. 
And, it's, and then, so it's like Jesus is saying, wake up. Wake up. Now there's some that are in the church that are doing well, but the ones that he's speaking to are those that are just kind of going through the motions, but not really serving the Lord. So the first thing he says, wake up sinners. Let's go to the next slide. Oh. Better just stand over here. <laughs> I'm used to uh, walking around, but I think I can, uh, I, I can abide here. So it says, abide in his will. And that's in... Uh, uh, so what, which, what word, what letter is this in the, in the name of the church? What word is it for, for, the, for the church? Abide. Abide. So remember, S-A... So this is abide, right? Abide in his, in his will. And that's what I was talking to you about before. It says, remember therefore what you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. It says, but if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know what time I will come to you. Um, so obviously he's not talking to those who will later see are dressed the way they should be. He is talking to people who are in church, but yet have not completely believed. They're not completely living out their faith. Um, they're coming to church. They're, you know, we're singing along, paying tithes, doing everything else, but somehow something is missing. They've not decided to be take that step where they're completely sold out to who God is. And so what, what he's saying is, you know, if, if you don't somehow wake up, and, and uh, I'm going to come back, and you won't have a chance. I mean, when he comes back, he's not going to come back and say, hey, I'm here for you. It, it's, it's, it's like a, you should be concerned. There should be a sense of urgency for you to make up your mind and come to the Lord. Because He's calling. He's calling. And how, how many of you felt a call on your life while you were still a sinner? Amen? Amen. Yeah, all of us. A lot of us. Yeah. And so what He's saying here is to those that are not, He's, 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 he's bidding them to come. And now as a church, there was a sin here too. Because what happens is we're, we're not supposed to pick out the sinners and say, okay, you guys are the Christians, you guys are the sinners. You know, this church is only for those that are not sinners. Right? We're a church that is open to everyone. And so you're going to get some people that are serving the Lord and some people that are still maybe not sure who God is. Does that make sense? But we got to be open. But what happens is if you're too open and they never get that conviction, then as a church, we're missing the mark too. If, if things are so comfortable that we just get along and people don't realize their sin, then we're missing the mark. Would you say amen to that? Yeah. So, this church, I believe, was that way. 
everybody just got along. And they got along in the city that was decaying, and they just didn't care. That's the kind of how I see this church. As you contrast this with the first church of Ephesus, what was their sin? They were out to pick out the sinners right off the bat. Those guys are false prophets, right? And God said, I want that. I need that. I want you to do that. But if you just do that, how will they know that I love them? Right? If people come to church and they feel like they get banged over the head, that they are sinners and that they're going to hell and they don't feel any kind of love and embrace, is that the right way? Is that God's way? No. So, so what, 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 uh, what he's saying here is we, we need both. Did I go back here somehow? There we go. So in terms of the church, if we go back, if we go back to Old Testament, Ezekiel 16.49, a lot of people want today now want to claim that the church is falling apart and it's going down a sinful path because we've allowed homosexuality in. I think that we've allowed homosexuality in not because we're laid back, but because we really have not been faithful to the Lord. And homosexuality and all the other sins that are out there and that come into the church are because we have lost our way. But especially homosexuality, as I look at that, it's, it's a result of apathy. It's a result of the church not really paying attention, not being alert, not being present with the Lord. Ezekiel 16, 49 says, Now this was a sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore I did away with them as you have seen. So as we serve the Lord, He is looking for a church that loves, that embraces, He's also looking for a church that leads people to Christ. And as people come face to face with Christ, they also come face to face with their sin in their life. So as a church, we need to somehow lovingly embrace and bring people to that point. If we don't do that, then we are really not walking with the Lord as we should. And again, now, here it says, reflect Christ. So what letter is this, or what word is the one that we use for the, the acrostic? Kids? Which is the word? Anybody? Okay, anybody then. <laughs> huh? It's uh, reflect, the R. You're right, the R. So I was... Uh, I'm going to have to get better at this, huh? <laughs> so he says, Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. So, 
Is he talking about clothes here? Is John talking about clothes? Is he talking about some kind of a robe and they're going to a, to a, a festival and somehow it got dirty? No, what he's talking about is he's talking about character, right? He's talking about witness. Who are you? And if who you are is marred because of how you live your life, he's saying, you're, you're not walking with me. But who you are, when you say things, when you don't say things, how you live out, how you act, it all reflects on that witness for or against Christ. Amen? So, as, you know, a lot of times, I think I remember when I was working at Rockwell, um, I was crazy back then. I was in my 20s. And I had a lot of fun. And yet somehow, people knew that I was a Christian. And I didn't say a whole bunch. There was a lot more people that were very, um, very uh, religious, if you will. I did go to a Bible study. But somehow, the, what, what struck and came through was who I was in Christ. Because who I was in Christ came through in, in some of the, the way I said things to people, the way I treated people. And when I didn't, guess what? The very same people that appreciated that witness of Christ in my life also, even if they weren't Christians, would say, that's not very Christian-like. I appreciated that. And somehow, that um, reputation, if you will, It's if it's not if it's if it's not coming through as Jesus Christ Himself, then it's not showing who Christ is. And uh, you know we're not going to be perfect, but that's that's the call. And yet sometimes all of us are going to sin, right? Sometimes we're gonna we're gonna mess up. We're gonna mess up really bad. And so what Satan wants to do is condemn you with that. But when we're in Christ, he is the only one that is completely perfect. So what we wear are the robes that have been put on us by Jesus Christ. And he is the one that brings about that kind of righteousness in our lives. If we think we can have our own righteousness, I think that's where we kind of fall apart when we sin. In fact, uh, the, the imagery that is used in Scripture, you know, to really have to really have that kind of life in Christ is one that, in which we ourselves die completely. Our own will, our own everything, we die because we're powerless. And yet when we wait on the power of the Lord, He somehow resurrects us and lifts us up. Romans 8.1 says, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So, he's talking to this church, and it's not about works. Right? Because we could say, well, i got to do better. The only thing we have to do is abide in Christ. Be with the Lord. 
and he does, he does all this. He does all this cleansing, all this lifting. He does this righteous work in us. And the more we try, I think the more we fail. We either become like the Ephesians, who are just completely uh, hard on people and lose their love for people, or we, or we say, hey, it's too much of a hassle to tell people about their sin, and, and we forget about that. But Christ allows us to do both, to be able to, to, to share with people so that they, they know that they're sinners and that they need Christ, and yet at the same time be loving enough that they feel the love of Christ. So here's the next word. So which word is it on this one? Anybody? Depend. Depend. So depend on Christ. And in verse 5 it says, The one who is victorious will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. So I think I covered that a little bit earlier in saying that, you know, it is, we don't have to be victorious in overcoming sin, but we are victorious because Christ in us makes us victorious. And because Christ makes us victorious in blotting out that sin and helping us overcome that sin, then we have a promise that our name will not be blotted out of the book of life. And then Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God or the children of God, the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. So as the, I, I think the hard part, for me anyway, is to live a life led by the Spirit. Because, um, like this church, you know, they were, they were thinking they, were, they had it right. So sometimes, as I'm praying and I'm seeking the Lord, do I have it right? Uh, but the comfort here is that we don't, you know, as we do seek the Lord, and as we do seek His leading us, He is like, like a father over His children. And this father is going to help. And we can cry out with that kind of a voice, Lord, help me, because I really don't know. I want to do what's right, but I'm afraid that as I do, I might do the very thing I don't want to do. In fact, Paul talks like that, right? And because we are His, the promise that we have is that He will lead us. But the whole point of this is um, that we are led by Jesus Christ. That I know I said this earlier, but I, I just want to make I emphasize this, that unless, unless you really have that strong relationship with Jesus and who he is, because he is real, right? You guys believe Jesus is real? Yeah, okay. So he is very real. And, and I think what happens in, in this church and in the other churches and in, the, in our church as well, is that we, there's so many things to do to get, to get us together and worship the Lord. There's the, the preparation of the worship, there's the setting up, there's uh, 
you know, making sure that children have something. So it's easy to kind of drift, kind of drift and get into doing things that need to be done. And we, but, but what happens is we prioritize those things. And then the spending time with the Lord, we end up missing out on as a church and in our homes. I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but um, you know, uh, how, how many of you still fast? You don't have to raise your hand. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So fasting, kind of getting us into that mode where we're 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 seeking the Lord. We're we're kind of trying to get things out of our way that kind of uh, get our attention. Uh, maybe not. Maybe even fast from TV. Uh, take a day off from work. There's a good one, huh? And go up, you know, take, take it. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. Just, I've done that before. You know, you take a day and, and you go on a retreat. And I, I guarantee you, um, you'll be clear in terms of what the Lord is saying to you. And your work will not suffer for it either. You'll actually be better at it. So, so that's the idea is to hear, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And in order to hear, we have to kind of know His voice. And because we are Christ, we know His voice. It says, I am the Alpha, in Revelations 1.8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty God. He is the Almighty. And Pastor Gabe covered this earlier, that some churches don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Almighty, but He is the Almighty. So as we look to have time with Him, we, you know, just remind ourselves that we are communicating with the Almighty God, the Creator of the universe. So it's very important that we somehow understand who He is and that we have that kind of time with Him and that we allow um, His voice to shape who we are because He will shape who we are. But I think it's a lot easier if we somehow know and are walking with Him and knowing that we are inviting Him to shape who we are. Because how many of you know that He will shape who you are even when you don't listen? Right? And, and it, it's, it's not a good journey. It might be a painful journey. But even then, can we say even then, praise the Lord? Amen. Because of His grace, because He loves us so much. And the last part is uh, persevere in sanctification. So what would be the, the word there? If we're using the acrostic. Sanctification. Yeah, Sardis. And by the way, as I was using this acrostic, it's, it's the, the, the church that the Lord would want, right? One that... that um, Call sinners to repentance. And then one that perseveres. 
Zechariah 4, 6, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And I want to repeat that a lot in my own prayers, in my own thoughts. Because I know personally, sometimes I lose track of that. And as I lead, I'm leading less and less in this church here, but in other places I lead. And when people don't listen to me, I forget about this. And when things are not going the way I want them to, to go, I forget about this. But when we are able to put that, put our own will aside, and we're able to know that it is God who leads us, that it is His power that is going to bring things about for His honor and for His glory, that when we live our lives that way, that it will make a difference. It will make a difference in our own lives. It will make a difference in the lives of those around us. Amen? Amen. Peter reminds us of that. He says in 2 Peter 1.8, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, and if you go back to, to 2 Peter, you'll, 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 you'll see all the qualities that he's talking about. You know, being patient, being kind, all those things. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you won't be walking like the dead zombies in the church of Zardes, but you'll be walking with power that comes from on high. Is that the kind of life you want to live, church? That's the kind of life we want to live as a church, too. And when, I, when I'm saying this, I'm saying, you know, this is a personal thing. I want, I want the Lord Jesus Christ to be real in my life, but for sure, we want the Lord Jesus Christ to be real as a body, as we gather together, as we worship together, as we do things together outside of this community, we want people to know that Jesus Christ is real, that He's alive, that He's powerful. And if and if it's if it's if if we're ineffective that way, I think it's we're ineffective because we're really not spending that time to be with the Lord. And, you know, as I was preparing this sermon, it's not, well, is it works then? No, it's not works. Because you could work as hard as you want and you would never be able to achieve what Christ achieves. So the only thing is to come close to the Lord, to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And all the sins that we have in the past, we've got to let them go. Can you guys say amen to that? Yeah. So there's some sins in the church, maybe not this church, but there's sins in the church that really are terrible things that should not be in the church. So as we pray, as we seek the Lord, we need to pray not only for this church, but for the church in general, that the sins that are in the world would not be in the church. And, you know, it's not the homosexuality. I mean, that's part of it too. But there's adultery in the church. There's fornication in the church. Uh, there's uh, uh, arrogance in the church. Uh, you name it. Whatever's in the world, it's in the church. And we can't eliminate it, but somehow we have to be close enough to the Lord 
that people, when they have whatever the struggle is, myself, you know, whatever the sin that's in my life, that we're in this fellowship so close and, and so, so close to God, so close to each other, that we come face to face with our own sin and are able to repent from it and not feel like, like man, people are judging all the time. Right? So it, it, it's that balance, but it's only the Lord that can bring that about. If, it's, if people, are, people who are in sin are not coming to repentance, we're, we, we're getting it all wrong. We think we're alive, but we're dead. If on the other hand, we are so self-righteous that sinners feel condemned, we're not getting it either. Right? So it's not one or the other. It's both. If we're going to be walking with the Lord, we got to follow Him. When we like it and when we don't like it. Amen? Amen. I'll, I'll just close with that. Heavenly Father, thank You. Thank You for Your Word and I pray, Almighty God, that um, it's Your Word, Lord. And so I know that there are things that, that uh, caught people's attention and maybe other things that didn't. But You, Lord God, uh, and by the power of Your Holy Spirit, You're able to reveal, reveal things in us. Reveal in us those areas in our life where we are blessed and when we are strong and reveal those areas in our life where uh, we need to repent. And so I pray, Father, I pray especially for anyone here who for sure does not know you, um, that you would just speak to their hearts and that today, Lord, that they would not go back home the way they came, but that today they would turn their heart over to you and that they would call you Lord. And I pray for the rest of us as we're, as we're uh, walking faithfully with you, that you would bring to our minds any area in our life that needs your attention, that needs your care, that needs the power of your Holy Spirit to come and cleanse. Teach us, Almighty God. Uh, bring about your will. We pray for our, uh, this church, Lord. You have a work for us. You have a work for us. You have a path for us. You've called us as pastors. You've called us as, as a church to give light. And so I pray that we would indeed be um, a, a church that brings light to this, this world and this community. For we ask these things in Jesus' name.